2: 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash cash. What is going on everybody? John Middlecob, three and out podcast, live from the quarantine studios of my home office, I uh, hope everyone's staying safe out there. There, hope everyone is uh, is getting by. And for those of you listening that are on the front lines, whether you work at a grocery store, health professional, whatever you do, you know I think we all uh, we all can come together and say a collective thank you. I, I appreciate it, and we just keep on swinging, and we'll get through this. March thirtieth. And, uh, you know, sports are, sports are halted. Thank God the draft is still within, I guess, 24 days from today. Uh, so we have something to look forward to. Thank you, Roger Goodell, for hosting the draft. Because without it, I don't know, we'd be in trouble for some content. But there's a lot to dive into today. I mean, one of the big conversations going on in football is these general managers are mad that the draft's being held, have some thoughts there. Jason Light, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, General manager, was on television this morning and uh, spoke about Tom Brady and actually had a kind of an interesting comment that I, I want to dive into. Just some other stories. Then, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is uh, is my handle. So slide up into my Instagram DMs. It's also my Twitter handle. And any question you want, we, we are, uh, we're wide open for questions. And uh, I, I need you. I, I need you to help carry me. It's a team effort here. This is your guys' show. Also, I guess if you haven't yet, if you could go to the Apple or iTunes and leave a review, I, I would greatly appreciate that. Obviously, you're already subscribed to the podcast if you're listening to this, but let's start with this. This coronavirus overall sucks. None of us, if we could choose, would have this virus exist. It is throwing all of our lives for a loop in some form or some fashion. All of us, in a weird way, are a creature of habits. Even entrepreneurs or musicians, or you think the most artistic people, they're still pretty routine oriented. Now, on the high end, you know, a football coach or a general manager or a marine or, you know, certain businesses are very, very routine oriented. Some of those, like podcasting, a little open ended. I I can pick and choose when to do it, but I still have specific things I do every day. If you run a business, depending on whether you're deemed essential right now or not, your life's thrown out, and even if you are an essential business, you're clearly taking measures that you would not normally take, and you're doing things for your employees. I know people that run food operations that take the temperature of everyone that comes in. My little brother, who just had a baby, his wife was going to get you know your typical checkup a month or two months in, and you got to take your temperature before you go in. It's th- these curveballs are coming every day for us that we did not expect, but you know what? That's life. That's just the reality of when these a pandemic hits or when something that we can't predict happens. This isn't this isn't I guess it's not first time in a long time a pandemic has hit, but we've had crazy things happen to us before and we always figure out ways to adapt. Do we want to? No, we would like to keep business going as usual, especially in a bull economy when business is going well for a lot of people. No one wants to be halted. But that those those aren't the cards we were dealt. Corona dealt us a shitty hand, and we just have to make the best of it. And last week, Roger Goodell gave a comment, and the comment was, I I don't even have it in front of me, but it basically said, hey, general managers, shut up. No one wants to hear you complain. The draft is happening, and deal with it. And you know my first reaction, and I mentioned it briefly on the last spot, I kind of liked it. It kind of reminded me of a David Stern type comment. Because I saw Peter King had anonymous GMs today saying, like, what about freedom of speech and we're not allowed to complain? I don't necessarily think that's the point here. It's that Colin talked about it last week. The NFL, their number one business partner by a mile are television networks. That's where they make all their money. And who needs this more than anyone right now are the television markets or the television networks. Obviously, the individual markets, it'll be the highest rated event, sporting event, I mean, in years. It'll be the highest-rated draft ever. But the point is, like, this can still happen. Because of the nature of the event, we don't need people there. And general managers kind of start nitpicking the semantics. Well, we don't have the pro days and the small school guys, and we can't bring them in. It's like, hey, guys, it's 2020. We got a thing called Zoom. We got a thing called Skype. Mix it up. Figure it out. Because the draft is happening. And I don't want to hear any of you guys complain. Because, again, our first reaction... When anything happens that throws us for a loop in whatever business you do, whether you own a sandwich shop or whether you run the Ravens, you're going to be pissed off. It's it's a normal human reaction. I'll never blame anyone for being mad. But after a while, like, hey, guys, the corona's impacting us all. People are dying. We're all quarantined, I guess, except Florida. But normal states, quarantined, uh, not, not really leaving our house. Joe Diffie dies. You know, this is... Tony Bacelli's in ICU. Like, this is a real thing. There's no more denying you. Like, it. Like, just it's impacting everybody. So, if you, you have to kind of change your draft plans, change your draft plans. Because, luckily, in 2020, this isn't 1993, technology's on your side. You can bring these guys in. I saw the NFL's allowing three three-hour Skype calls with every player or every draft prospect that you want. Typically, I've talked about this before, there's a top 30 visit where you bring in 30 players. It doesn't have to be first round. It can be any players. Guys with character issues, guys you might draft in the first round. Whatever. That's not happening now. But you're still able to do something. And where I think it's going to be interesting, and I saw some of these draft guys telling Albert Breer and Peter King and their MMQB in their articles that some of these draft rooms, like Chris Ballard, the Colts do a really good job of tweeting out videos. It's not even it's not tweeting out. They put it on YouTube. It's basically like a ten to fifteen minute series leading up to the draft Senior Bowl, the Combine it's going to be interesting what they do this next month but they give a really good kind of inside look they're not giving away their secrets but they're showing how they work and they collaborate and I know the Chiefs, I know the Niners, I know the Eagles I can just speak for the teams that I'm close with they watch a lot of tape in their draft room when they're going over their draft board it's a very collaborative effort from the general manager down to the area scouts it's a huge group discussion it's actually really healthy It's going to be a little more difficult if you're all on Skype because you're not able probably to watch the same tape at the same time, even though maybe you could do it. It's just not going to be as smooth. So you know what? You're going to have to adapt a little bit, and you're going to have to figure out the best way because you know what? Everyone's playing by these rules. It's an equal playing field. If California and Washington State were the only places that were quarantined, yeah, it would be a huge disadvantage for the Niners, the Rams, the Chargers, Seattle, the Raiders, Uh, because they're still here, right? But everyone is under the same guidelines because Roger Goodell, and I'll give him credit for this one, took it under his own, in the league office, said, you're all going home. No one's, every building's shut because if you did not do that, teams would go into the office. Now, the team that's going to be the least affected is the dictatorship that we call New England. He's notorious in New England. There's like five people in the draft room. The scouts are not in there. The coaches are not in there. It's like Bill... It's Ernie Adams, Casario, and the owners. It's a, And maybe it's Contra. It's a small, small group. A lot of draft rooms, some draft rooms have every scout. You've seen the pictures of Seattle over the years or Indy. The coaches, the scouts, they're all in there. Sums are kind of split, but th- this, is, this is a new time for everyone. Now, Belichick's equipped for a pandemic just because he doesn't depend on that many people. He can do it all himself. Well, 90% of teams can't. And they need help. General managers need help. And it's going to be, if the teams with younger general managers that are more technologically advanced and open-minded and fluid with technology, like, hey, I've never used Zoom before. I'm using it later for something, uh, for another project. And I just downloaded it. and I, I didn't even know what Zoom was three weeks ago. Now I have it downloaded. I'm going to be doing a live feed for... Something with someone local here in the Bay Area about some gambling stuff. And it's just not that hard. Like technology in 2020 is pretty advanced. I've literally made all my money in the media since I've kind of gone to work for myself through technology. And I would view myself as a technological idiot. I'm not Mr. Some Computer Whiz. But it's really relatively basic. And they have this thing they call YouTube. So whenever you download new technology or interested in new technology, do you know what I always do? I type in, how do I use blank on YouTube? And you know what it always does? Whether my dryer dies or whether I'm trying to use a new streaming program, it teaches me how to do it. Remember the books like, uh, you know, Raising a Kid for Dummies, Building a Home for Dummies? That's basically what YouTube is. Any question you have, type it in on YouTube and it's there to help dummies out. And football people aren't necessarily dummies, depending on the age group of the individual team, but they are creatures of habits, and they're used to doing things a specific way, and now they got a huge curveball thrown. So these guys that are complaining, like, I understand maybe a couple days into Corona complaining, we're two weeks into it. Like, just just shut your mouth and figure it out, because this is the new reality for the league. You're going to have to draft players on the information that you had two weeks ago, and it, it ended there. So if you don't have a guy's 40 time, guess what? It's going to be on you and your scouts to determine how fast he is on tape. Hey, if you know you didn't get a chance to meet him, well, the scout that you're paying, whatever you value him at, whether it's a seventy-five thousand dollars road scout or whether it's some intern that went into the school, you're going to have to trust that his information on the guy's character, on the guy off the field, meeting with the academic advisors, meeting with the, is right. You, you can't, or or you're going to have to do your own work. And I, I read another good article that a lot of coaches and general managers are now depending on their relationships because this is you're going to have to call the position coach. You're going to have to call the coaches you know around the country of the specific programs of the guys you like or that are, have questions on and get the real information. And that is a really, really difficult thing to do. And a lot of times it becomes easier at these pro days because if I'm, you know, Bill Belichick or whoever, John Schneider or John Lynch, I show up at the thing, well, they're always going to want to talk to me. When I was at Fresno State and I was a graduate assistant, you know what was really cool when someone showed up? A head coach or a GM. Like, I I saw the scouts come all year long, and I ended up becoming one. It's cool, but you become like, oh, just another guy. But when, I I remember Ryan Matthews, the year he got drafted for the Chargers, A.J. Smith, the GM at the time, showed up. And it was a really big deal. It was like, damn. And I remember kind of helping him out. I got him some coffee. I was trying to kiss his ass, hopefully to get a job. But it, it was like, damn. I remember when Scott Pioli showed up, When I was at Fresno State, because the Patriots were there for like, they were playing the Chargers, then they were playing the Raiders, and they stayed in California, and they were staying at like San Jose. And it was always a big deal. Well, that's, and those guys are able to get great information because the head coach is always kind of kissing their ass or their friends or whatever. That's just not going to happen now. And your real relationships of the guys that you know that you've had come through your your NFL program, guys that you've met over their coach with over the years, are really going to shine through. And the hard part about that, Is that college coaches sometimes, the farther they get away from the season, the more pro player they can be? If you get them in October and they're three and three and they're pissed off, sometimes they give you the real information because it's raw and real. Well, in the middle of March or the beginning of April, you know, especially during Corona, you're at home, you're kind of feeder up, you're just kind of relaxing, you're not going to be maybe as real. Even if it is a close friend of yours, because the information you have, what you truly believe of the player, you might not give it. That's why the information in the fall, when you're an area scout, when you're a college director, and you go into these programs with these big time players, you, you got to get really good information. And the better your sources are, the better your connections are, the more access you have to the coordinators, to the head coaches, to the train, to whoever, and going above and beyond and getting that extra nugget of, you know what? This guy is just not nice to you know, let's say our assistant trainers or you know what? this guy couldn't treat the people that can't do anything for him any better. He is he might be one of the best people we've ever had in the program. And getting some of these comments when it, it's in the middle of the season and all the you know everyone's kind of paying attention and the and the information is just raw. Like right now, it's like, yeah, you're thinking back, if you're the head coach, you want the guy to get drafted so your program looks better, that there is there's all this incentive for these teams to give you better information that may be actually true. And I think this draft is really going to put into focus how good you were in the fall, how good your scouting staff was, how good your you know your executives that make school calls throughout the year are, how intense you were in grilling these guys, the access you had at the Senior Bowl? Were you going above and beyond, or were you going out drinking and screwing around? What you guys did at the Combine. Did you guys make that extra effort? Because that that time now is ten times more important. How much time you spent with the players, or how much time you spent gathering information. Because you're not really able to do that now. You can do the Skype calls, but you know what can you really gain out of a Skype call? It's a lot different than seeing a guy in person. Right, And you're really, in a Skype call, just asking him information that you already have. He's not, you know, coach, let me tell you about the one time you don't have this in your notes. I got arrested. You know, I, I had, you know, probably three joints in my back pocket, and I was doing 30 miles an hour over the speed limit. You know, I, I might have had a couple pops as well. It never got out. The program was able to kind of keep it under wraps. But, yeah, you know, I got a DUI with a couple joints. Don't, don't tell anyone. Like, that's not happening. If, if, if that stuff didn't get out and you don't have that information, that's on you. And the, these last couple months are some time when you kind of can nail down some of that information, and it's just it's just not going to be there. But the more these guys complain, now obviously they're not putting their name on it because you'd have to be an idiot. But you got you got to get into a different mind mind frame. Like you you need to be just attack this full go with the cards you're dealt because right now the cards Corona's dealing sucks, but you got to play the hand.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
2: See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the tire decision guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's dive into something that I saw this morning. And Jason Light, the general manager for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was on with Mike Greenberg, ESPN show Get Up, and had some interesting comments. And it made me think. He said that Tom Brady, actually, when he called us, did more recruiting to us than we necessarily did for him and I'm a single guy I'm in my mid-30s since in the peak of internet dating apps and you could argue they're still going strong I've experienced them I've been on them all I've seen them all and sometimes on these apps you meet people that clearly you never would meet right it's the powerful thing about these apps You would never meet these people. You would never come across them in life. Because most people you meet, typically back in the day, you'd have to go out to a bar, meet someone through a friend. Like, you were kind of limited to how much effort you wanted to put in, slash just some blind luck. Now, there's somewhat of an element of blind luck, but you're still, in a 60-mile radius wherever you're living, have access to anyone that's single that wants to put themselves on that. But the one thing I've learned, in my experience being on an internet dating app, Just because you're on the app, especially for girls, maybe it's like this for guys too. I've always been pretty open on the app in terms of like, if I'm on the app, I'm open to go on a date, open to go out, open to do whatever. Sometimes girls, they get out of a relationship, in my experience, and they get on this app and I think in theory they want to be on the app, but they don't really want to be there. And then maybe you even go out with them and you have a good time, but they're not emotionally ready. And it goes both ways. Just because two people are single doesn't mean they're at the same point. Like they both want a relationship. Some people might just want a hookup. Some people might just want some companionship. Some might want to get married. One go-to line in the on the internet dating streets, anyone listening to this who's seen it can attest to it, a lot of girls put no hookups. I would imagine, again, total guess, at least none of my friends who have ever been on an internet date dating app have ever wrote no hookups. So there are different frame of minds on these sites. Just like when you get with someone, like if you're truly single and over the last person you were dating and so is the other person, you have a chance if you end up liking each other, hit it off whatever, to become something. And I think what you saw with Tom Brady is I don't know if probably the last couple years, I think he had toyed with it in his head, but now after we kind of see the way everything played out It was pretty clear he was ready for a breakup in the fall, right? When he restructured his contract, when he started selling his house, when Guerrero started selling his house, I think he was ready for a breakup. Not because he necessarily wanted to leave the Patriots, because he knows the Patriots had left him, aka Belichick. Didn't want him back. So when you're a human and you're dating someone and you realize, you know, they don't like you that much. There is some forms, especially if you've been in a 20 relationship. I've never been in. Some people of you listening have been in long-term relationships, been married for a long period of time. There's a lot of ups and downs in those relationships, but that's usually what makes a relationship strong. It's not just the good times. It's the bad times. You've been part, like in a relationship, maybe you've been part of some deaths. You've been part of some bursts. You've been part of some highs and lows in professionally. You've seen a lot. And obviously Brady and Belichick had been through the ringer. So when you're going to be in a relationship like that, you usually don't like, oh, it's over, and then one day you go your separate ways. That's not how something like that works. So it took some time, but I think Brady, for the last probably five, six months, ever since he put the wheels in motion last fall, was ready because he knew Bill was ready. And he had enough information to realize Bill didn't want him there anymore. And sometimes you have to realize that person doesn't want you and kind of have your hand forced to realize there's more fish in in the sea. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in turn, got a little lucky too. That they were just in this position that Brady clearly didn't really want to go west. He wanted to stay on on the East Coast for his family. And they had nailed a couple wide receiver picks. They had an offensive coach. And they needed a quarterback. Imagine if Jameis's first three years hadn't been so rocky. If he hadn't gotten in trouble with the Uber driver. Maybe they would have gone, because you read all these stories, you hear all these players talk about him. I know a couple people in Tampa, they always rave about his work ethic. People really like him in the building maybe he would have been extended. And maybe they wouldn't have had the flexibility to just, his contract was out. They could be fluid. They could be flexible. They could just kind of kick him to the curb. But here's what the Bucks always had in their back pocket. Why this situation lined up perfect. They needed Tom to like them, because they were open that if Tom did like them, they could move on it. Because they had Jameis that went, you know what, if Tom goes somewhere else, goes to Tennessee or goes to the LA Chargers, we can just keep Jameis. We've all had that girlfriend or been on the other end of, The person just keeping you around, hoping to upgrade. That's all football kind of is. You're always looking to upgrade. And unless you get Jerry Rice or Aaron Donald or Tom Brady, it's basically impossible to upgrade. Now, with Belichick would tell you, well, yeah, it was 10 years ago. At 43 years old, we think big picture, we can. And with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were in a position where it's clear Jameis has nowhere to go. Nobody wants Jameis. You know, it's a fun story on Twitter. No one's lined up to even. Unlike Cam Newton, who is a polarizing player right now, he has a bad shoulder and a bad foot. Like, his medicals are the question. Jameis is healthy. Hell, Jameis is healthier right now than he was four months ago. He got the LASIK. He can see better. If people wanted Jameis, they'd be all over him right now. Nobody wants him. Yet Tampa knew, worst case scenario, they could bring him back. You know, probably win eight, nine games. They could just cut down a couple turnovers. But at the end of the day, they needed Tom to like them. And Tom did. And like sometimes in internet dating or just real-life dating, you need two people to kind of have the same frame of mind. Tampa Bay desperately wanted to like Tom Brady. They were lucky Tom Brady desperately wanted to like a situation that fit him logistically, geographically, uh, obviously offensively with the wide receivers and the tight ends. And then he could tell himself, you know, there's no state income tax. They will guarantee two years. I wouldn't say it was a match made in heaven, but for Tom, if you did have to transition, given how many teams currently have quarterbacks, pretty ideal scenario that this team was available, right? Because if you look at the Tennessee Titans, you'd go, well, they're a very run-heavy team. Their best wide receiver is was a rookie. Uh, Delaney just bounced. You know, Derrick Henry's technically, I mean, it's franchise tag, but you can't really go anywhere. Is he going to be happy? Is he going to hold out? They let their right tackle go. They're in a little bit of transition, despite being a really well-run and good team. Where Tampa, all the key guys run a contract. Two tight ends, two wide receivers. Coach isn't going anywhere. They need some offensive line help, but they have some solid defensive guys. It kind of made some sense. Sometimes you just need things to align. And things just kind of aligned, you know? I somewhat you could argue they're both a little desperate Tampa hadn't been in the playoffs in 12 years uh desperately just want some buzz kind of you could argue one of the most irrelevant teams in the league Tom Brady's kind of looking around like you know I don't really have that many options plus I I kind of have some things that I want to do I don't want to go play on the west coast so boom Chargers Raiders not really you know on the table I couldn't commit to Vrabel, and boom, he signs Ryan Tannehill. That's not an option anymore. Where the hell am I going to go? So Tom was, you could argue, as desperate as Tampa Bay was to sign him. And and you know what? What's going to be fun about this little match is it could be good. It could be great. It could not. You know? Sometimes when two desperate people get married or get together and start dating, I mean, you have a great honeymoon period. But eventually, right, all relationships, they all get tested, right? It becomes... When you first start dating someone or you first get married, sex is awesome. You love each other. And and as time goes, you know, how your actual relationship is, how much is she your friend? You know, they're going to have to learn on the fly here. There's really not going to be a huge honeymoon period for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. They they were tender dating. uh, They both were kind of desperate for each other. And now we're going to find out if this thing works. I, I would bet on them having some success. But the more and more I've thought about it, it's going to be a little more challenging probably than most of us just in the football world just assume. No offseason, offenses that aren't a perfect match made in heaven. And, again, the reason they got together was a little bit more out of desperation than anyone wants to admit.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7...
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo
2: products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor? Full pouches. Okay, let's uh, bang out a couple stories before the Middlecoff mailbag and just some things that I saw that happened this weekend. Right now, there has been Corona case at the Vegas Stadium and at the L.A. Stadium. Now, I get construction is still, quote-unquote, considered an essential business. I I do feel it's going to be hard if Corona is taken off at the rates in which it's taken off when there are a lot of people around how these stadiums are going to avoid shutting down. Now, I there are no rules in Nevada, but they are a couple more cases away. For, I mean, MGM, all the casinos shut down. So how are they going to avoid it? In L.A., California's rules are just insane. We are by far, I'd say, the most progressive state in terms of getting out in front of it. So I understand it's all political, and you can pay people off, and these two teams want this done. Now, the reality is, is a football season, depending on who you believe. And I, I don't I don't pretend to know the future, plus it's only March 30th. So when people ask, what do you think is going to happen this fall? I, Guys, I'm just trying to make it to like first week of April. Can, can we just get to maybe like May before we start having takes on the football season? Let's just, I, I, I can't go there yet. But I do know just the construction with how many people you need to be working at these construction sites. If the corona is impacting these people... And both sites are, have already had a case. I, it feels like they're another case or two away from just getting shut down. Now, the California one would probably get shut down before the Vegas one. I Maybe the Vegas one, they could have 15 corona cases and no one would care. Because the state is too invested. The state paid for it. Where in L.A., it's a little out of Cronky's hands. He's cutting the checks, but... You know, is he in bed with the politicians? I'm sure he is a little bit, but eventually, if guys get sick, there's only so much you can do. Uh, Clowney. I saw a report that Clowney might not sign till training camp. Why is it always something with this guy? It's like every freaking guy that's a decent player and a good player is already signed. Clowney, what are you doing? just whatever the best offer is there's not some magical offer coming down the pipe. it is what it is. you are who you are. so if someone's offering you a 60 70 million dollars guaranteed, you're not getting 90. hell I wouldn't give you 80. Some of these teams are kind of crazy to give you 70. you're just too hit or miss of a player very talented but there's a reason you're unsigned. think about this the hardest position to find beside quarterback are sweet pass rushers. And Clowney, the number one overall pick, a guy that's had multiple, you know, 10 plus, I guess it was like nine and a half, but he's a really good player. Refuses to sign for what his market value is. The market told you what your value was, Clowney. The market's already spoken. Every team, there, there's never been more money than was just on the uh, on the open market three weeks ago or two weeks ago, however, whenever free agency happened. They, they showed you. Well, the offers that you got offered, that, that was the market. And a lot of that money is dried up now. So I don't know what you're holding out hope for. they like some imaginary teams just all of a sudden gonna have some huge money. Now, maybe a guy gets hurt or not, but just because a guy gets hurt doesn't mean if I lose a player in early August, I'm just all of a sudden gonna give Clowney $80 million to sign with me. I I don't think, now maybe I would overpay for one year, but why wouldn't he have taken some of the multi-year deals that were on the table? Sometimes these guys, I don't know if it's the guy, the players, Their agents, they just make poor decisions. Le'Veon Bell did it a couple years ago. Melvin Gordon did it last year. I think Clown is just getting bad advice. Uh, I did a little mock draft on The Athletic, a little site that I I work for on the side. And I I thought I'd just bang out a little bit. We'll just go team by team. I did the top 13 picks. Again, I ended with the 49ers. Uh, The Bengals, Joe Burrow, pretty no-brainer. For the second overall pick in in my mock draft, I had the Redskins trading back. And the Dolphins, who traded Laramie Tunzel, who traded Minka Fitzpatrick, who have been looking for Dan Marino since Dan Marino walked away, desperately need a star quarterback. And if Tua checks out, I have them picking Tua. There's a chance they like Herbert more. But if I was them, I would be willing to trade, maybe pick 26 and a second-round pick to get up and ensure I get the guy. I cannot be passed in the draft Whoever my second quarterback is on the board, because obviously Joe Burrow is going to be gone, I can't let that guy fall past me. I have to land that guy. And if I'm the Redskins, I I need so much work, so much help. If I can acquire multiple first-round picks, like pick five, pick 26, and a second-round pick, just to move back three spots, I'm still going to end up with a really good player. And you would be like, John, how do you pass on Chase Young? Well, if they trade Trent Williams, they desperately need a left tackle. And you could argue the three most important positions, quarterback, left tackle, or right tackle, they're really important too, and pass rushers. So if I the Lions would end up with Chase Young, it would be the gift from God if the Miami Dolphins go up to two. The Lions, who had only the Dolphins had less sacks last year than the Detroit Lions, desperately need a good pass rusher. They get Chase Young. The New York Giants, who love size and speed, historically the Michael Strahans, the Kiwanukas, the JPPs, the Justin Tucks, they love – Eric Flowers, they're enamored with size and length. To me, Isaiah Simmons just it would be the guy. That's who I would go with over an offensive lineman. And then the Redskins take the offensive tackle, Beckton, from Louisville. The dude who's like 370 pounds, who runs a 5'11", who's just a physical freak. You get him with Ron Rivera, and you play bully ball. Chargers take Justin Herbert. Uh, they clearly need a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is a marginal starter at best – and they need a little juice going into the new stadium. The Carolina Panthers end up with Oduka, I think is how you say his name, the corner from Ohio State, which is, he's a star. I mean, he's a legitimate cover corner. But I know this. If I was running a team, and I think, let's say this guy's going to be Patrick Peterson, but I would take offensive tackles, and I would take a pass rusher over a corner. And you could argue, if Isaiah Simmons is truly like a tall honey badger meets... You know, just this hybrid player, outside linebacker, star, kind of can pass rush, do it everything. I would rather have Isaiah Simmons than a corner because I, I I like corners and they matter. But if you're a lockdown corner, I can just throw to the other side. If you're a honey badger, I don't know what side he's going to, I don't know where he's going to be, right? I just, I don't. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I I think clearly they could take an offensive lineman, but if I was the Cardinals, I would justify by this. Well, my little quarterback's faster than all hell. So at least he can avoid pass rushers. Uh I my defense is stinks. Right now I have one good defensive player that I feel confident. I guess I got two, Patrick Peterson. But I got Chandler Jones, especially my front seven. I need to get him some help. We haven't had a legit defensive line since Calais Campbell's been traded and we've kind of fallen off the map. You put Derek Brown with Chandler Jones, you're in a you're in a conference against Russell Wilson, against Kyle Shanahan, against McVay, and all those Pat, you gotta be able to rush the passer. The Jacksonville Jaguars have got rid of Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson in the last 12 months. They desperately need a good defensive lineman. So I, I gave them Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, who's kind of this physical freak. The Browns, uh, they have wide receivers everywhere. They got multiple running backs. They got multiple tight ends. They got good defensive players. Their offensive line stinks. And they signed Jack Conklin to play right tackle. You know, in, in this mock, I got him taking Tristan Wurst. I mean, they're taking an offensive tackle, as they should. And then Baker Mayfield has legitimately zero excuses. He'll have two legit tackles. He'll have multiple wide receivers. He'll have multiple sweet running backs. He'll have a sweet new tight end. He'll have another tight end who's coming back from injury. Like, it's time to put up or shut up. New York Jets, kind of like the Cardinals, like they need offensive line help. But the Jets did sign a lot of offensive linemen over the last three weeks or two weeks now, I guess. I get In quarantine, you kind of lose track of time. I gave him Jerry Judy. Because I, I think there's two ways to look at it. You, you put you put in a bunch of uh, you know functional starters. Now, you could always take a great offensive lineman. But if your other parts of your offensive line are weak, just having one star tackle doesn't necessarily change it. I know what you can't do. If you have no one to throw to, even if I am blocking for you, the quarterback can't function. They have one legitimate offensive player, and that's Le'Veon Bell. Jamison Crowder actually wasn't bad last year. Robbie Anderson, their deep threat's gone. To me, Jerry Judy, he comes from a big-time program. He's been the star wide receiver there for multiple years. Uh, He's had 145 catches and 24 touchdowns the last two years. I think he'd fit right in 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 New York, and he'd be Sam Darnold's go-to guy for years to come. I think the Raiders and Niners, these next two picks, are interesting because both of them have another first-round pick. The Raiders have a ton of needs. Uh, They easily could take another corner. I mean, they signed some solid linebackers, but if they like a fast linebacker enough, you can never have enough depth. You could argue if one of those defensive linemen fall to them, they could do that. But their best wide receiver is Tyrell Williams, who, you know, is a good number two, probably an ideal elite three. Uh, I got him taking C.D. Lamb. Derek Carr's done his best work when he's had Devontae Adams in college and then Michael Crabtree in the pros. Guys with huge catching radiuses that make up for poor ball placement and that you can just throw it up to even when they're covered and let them make plays, and that's C.D. Lamb. And then for the 49ers, I gave him Henry Ruggs. Kyle desperately wants a speed guy in that offense. You put a speed guy to go deep, you put Kittle over the middle, and you have Debo on one side just working his magic. you got a legitimate offense, especially when you factor in all the running backs. So that's my mock draft on The Athletic. you got to pay for it, but I gave it to you here free. Uh, so go, if you haven't already subscribed, Athletic, I love that place. Okay, let's go. Middlecoff mailbag, at John Middlecoff, uh, is my Instagram handle. DMs wide open, slide up in them. If you're sliding in the DMs, also leave a little, uh, leave a little Apple review on the Three and Out podcast. John, fan of both pods, appreciate you pumping out the stuff during the quarantine. Seeing almost all the experts placing one of the top three wide receivers, Judy Lamb and Ruggs, to San Francisco at thirteen. But you think there's a chance they replace Buckner directly with the pick? Derek Brown, Auburn defensive tackle, has been sliding in the late teens because of predicted runs at offensive tackle and wide receiver. But he's clearly a top ten talent. Him and Defoe have similar disruptive, gap-eating play styles. While Brown isn't six seven, the mountain of a man Defoe is. He's still a massive for a defensive tackle. Couple other points: out of all his as OC and head coach, Shanahan has only had two offensive two had two offensive skill players drafted onto his team in the first round. Both quarterbacks, RG three and Johnny Manziel. God, I forget that he coached Johnny Manziel. That's insane. All others have been offensive linemen or defensive players. Could be a trend. Also, Lynch has seen a successful GM after drafting two defensive linemen early, even though he whiffed on Thomas. Is he tempted to stick to what has gone well? It's a good question. I I think what makes the Niners fascinating is they have two picks. So the reason it's a deep wide receiver draft, they could easily take a guy at 31. So with 13, the reason you have 13 is because you got rid of DeForest Buckner. So you could fill a spot... You could also take a corner, the C.J. Henderson, I think is his name, the corner from Florida. The Niners have one stud corner in Richard Sherman, who's going to be a free agent after next year. And then their other corner position is undrafted free agent, Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Weatherspoon. So I think they could easily take a corner. I also think they could trade back. I I, I don't think there's a lock to do one things. What do you think the Niners going to do with the first round picks they have? Uh, do you know what's fun about the draft? And I think what makes the Raiders and makes the 49ers so talked about and the Dolphins, uh, is there any other teams with multiple first round picks? I'm trying to think the Texans don't have any, the Bears don't have any. Is anytime you get multiple first round picks, it's like you're showing up at the casino, not with a bag of cash, but two bags of cash. You're like, I can't wait to gamble. And that's what it's it's a fun time to be a to be a football fan when your team has two first round picks even if one of them is in the late 20s. With the Raiders, they got picked 12 and 19. Like, they could do some crazy shit. I mean, they could trade up really high in the draft if they want to do and get a player. Or they could use one of them to trade back. They could just sit there and pick both guys. 49ers, a little different than the Raiders. 49ers don't have a second or third or fourth round pick. So would a team, you know, some of these teams in the teens or even in the 20s be willing to kind of move up? Uh, I, I think a lot's on the table. I, if I'm going to pick the Niners, I would go corner, wide receiver, or defensive line. Uh, love the pod. Wondering if Rodgers is truly declining or he's just getting used to a new system. He also had horrible wide receivers, and Devontae did miss five weeks. Also, Green Bay Super Bowl window closed. I think it's fair to say he's declining a little bit. He doesn't quite move like he used to. His accuracy to me in big games was a little off. Now, I I do think there are some fair counters. His wide receiver core, beside 17, was bad. Uh, Jimmy Graham, bad. Their running game was good. Uh, the, the This is not Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jamichael Finley, Randall Cobb. It's not that Jordy Nelson. That, that group is not walking through the door. So I wouldn't say he's shot or anything. He just kind of had an up-and-down season for a guy whose stats look pretty good and team won a lot of games. I think what's weird about Aaron Rodgers is His team went thirteen and three. Statistically, he looked solid, but there is, to me, there's something with the eye test. And a Packer fan, just like any NFL fan, because we've been watching Rodgers for a decade, and for about seven or eight of those years in the decade, it was like watching, unlike anything we've ever seen. You know, when you flip on the TV and you watch LeBron, you go, "Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before." Right? You just that doesn't look normal. Even Brady, like Brady's the best at it, but we've seen tall. Uh, you know, immobile quarterbacks. He just throws dimes or historically has, but I've seen, we've seen his type. I've never really seen a Rodgers. Now, some people that if you watch Marino and Elway, like I was born in the mid 80s. I didn't really get to feel those guys. I can watch YouTube, but it's different when you watch a guy live. Watching Aaron Rodgers live, again, had some flaws or whatever, teammates and all that stuff. When he was on, he was unstoppable. We all agree with that. Whether you like the Packers or don't like the Packers, dude was a killer straight assassin and I think there were times this year where you went does he still have that uh my my beef with Aaron has always been his fundamentals are shitty now you can get by with bad fundamentals when you're a freak and his arm was elite his accuracy was elite well that doesn't stay with you forever There's a reason like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, now they had to, or Drew Brees, have elite fundamentals. Feet always in perfect spots, shoulders parallel to the target, arm, all that stuff. Like Rodgers doesn't mess with that, he gets away with it. Think of basketball players. When you're an elite athlete, you can kind of screw around like Russell Westbrook and still drop 35. When that athleticism diminishes, if you can't really shoot, you get exposed. Now Rodgers always has been accurate, but it gets a little harder when you're 36, 37 years old, when your feet aren't set. When you're drifting back, his fundamentals are just bad. Now, can they just get? I think it's sometimes hard to treat a, you know, teach a new dog, treat an old dog new tricks. But if he could just get control of some of his fundamentals, I I think he might have a chance to still be elite. I I would by no means count him out.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a
2: hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7...
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains
2: nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor? full pouches love the pod it has been it has a visceral not overproduced feel to it i appreciate that did you do anything to help did you do anything to help you find your voice what mic do you use sound quality is on point well i use a h4n pro which is this zoom it's like a little box and then i plug a mic usb mics if you're trying to start your own podcast no never sound as good so you want i think it's I forget the cable's name, auxiliary cable. It's got some cable name. I'm not see. I'm not a radio guy. I'm just a scout businessman who now talks. So I don't know the lingo. I just I looked it up. What a lot of people were using on podcasts. You don't want a USB mic. I I plug my mic into the H4N Pro, and then I plug that into my computer, and then I press record on GarageBand on my Apple computer, and then that's it. (laughs) It actually isn't that complicated. Now, the H4N Pro, I think, cost me, I don't know, 300 bucks. The mics actually are really cheap. I got them on Amazon. The cords are cheap. Got them on Amazon. The mic stand probably combined cost 50 bucks. The mic, the mic stand, and the cord. So really, my only purchase was I bought a computer a couple years ago. I needed a new one. It's nice. And I bought this Zoom. And then you can just produce a show. It's pretty easy. Technology is a hell of a thing. Can you talk about how the coronavirus is going to affect college seniors going to the draft who didn't quite make the combine cut and aren't going to be able to have their pro days? Got two buddies from high school. One of them is a little undersized but has intangibles but won't be able to show his speed and athleticism at his his pro day, and that sets him apart. Similar to the other guy, he's just a sick athlete, played almost every position in college, really needed to display his vast skill set, what this means for them. I think you bring up a great point. Pro days, if I'm going to a pro day, like, Jerry Judy and those guys, like we've seen it all. Most of the first-round guys, they crush the combine. Now, some guys hold out, like K.J. Hamler, the Penn State guy, but but I know that guy's fast. To me, I think you're right. The pro days affect a guy that might have been a 6th or 7th-round pick. Now, is that guy going to get drafted? He might not if I don't have verified speed. But this is also where if you're a scout and you've gone in, let's just pick a random school. Let's say your buddy plays at Arizona. And he's kind of an under-the-radar player, but you love him and you think he's a draftable player. Over this next month is when you kind of start pounding the table for guys like that. Say, hey, coach, hey, whoever your GM is, hey, Bill, hey, Jim, hey, John. We need to draft this guy. This is a draftable player to use a 6th or 7th round pick on. And this is when I I, I think this draft is going to be very, very scout heavy for non-New England teams. This is a time when you can really step up, and, you know, and have the opportunity to kind of make your voice heard because the GMs are going to have to rely on you. They're not going to have the information. They didn't go into some of these schools. These guys aren't going to have workout numbers. You're not going to have any measurables. So this is for the guys that have been at the boots on the ground, all these scouts that have been to these practices, have seen these guys play live, this is when you separate yourself. This might, in a couple of years, we hear about, that's when uh, Bill, Bill Middlecoff, I just used my last name. Uh became like we knew he was a good scout, but he eventually became the assistant general manager because he shined during the coronavirus. I think it's a time for a lot of scouts to like, if you've put in the work, you should shine right now. I'd be hitting my GM up every day. Like, we got to be all over this guy, this guy, and this guy. Since the Bucks signed Brady, I think they are in win mount win now mode. What is your take on them trading for Trent Williams? They have the 14th pick, and I don't think they will be in place to draft a tackle. Well, you can't trade the 14th pick for a 31-year-old offensive tackle who hasn't played in a year. Now, Trent Williams, when he was playing, is elite. Seven-time pro bowler, all those all pros. Baller. I mean, absolute baller. Was headed straight to the Hall of Fame. And if you put Trent Williams on a team that had been winning, I think he'd be one of the more famous players in the league. But I'd have to—they have a second-round pick. I can't trade a first-round pick for him. Can't can't do it. Like it's that, that, not in that business. Now I hear you. They're in win-now mode, and they are. Anytime you sign a forty-three-year-old quarterback and you give him fifty million dollars, but you got to be prudent. And I do think one of the top tackles will be there at fourteen. Now, if they're not, you could always take a defensive player and use your second-round pick to get him because he's clearly available. Uh. Let me see what I can... I got a lot of DMs here. I'm trying to work through them. Okay, I've been thinking of how you asked the how you asked this question for a while. while. Why is Herbert being questioned as much as he is, even though to me his circumstances are the worst out of all the top four quarterbacks? A lot of talk about love and how great of a year he had two years ago, but then because of a new coach and no talent around him, he struggled. Now look at Herbert, three coaches in four years, Two of which, Willie Taggart and Mark Helfrich, who are clearly not top-tier court coaches, agree. Taggart being a guy who tagged Herbert as not a great leader, haha. I just, I don't know why I read that, haha. but that was <laughs> just verbatim. I'm like, you should, Burgundy reads the prompter. Then talk about no talent. Oregon has had a weak receiving core since Chip left for Philly. 52 drops in 2008. God, this guy's got some good knowledge. Maybe I'm being biased Duck fan, and I actually think Herbert sliding in the draft will be good for his career. I wish Joey Harrington and Marcus has been picked later in the draft and had better management around them, but I feel like no one is giving Herbert any of the excuses they are throwing to the other guy's thoughts. Easton, that's a that's a good question, Easton. Uh, I, I, I think NFL teams are talking about this. I don't think media people are talking about this. In the NFL, in the draft room, people that like Herbert are 1 million percent saying, look who Tua and look who Joe Burrow played with his worst wide receiver would easily be Oregon's best. To me, the kicker is their running backs at Oregon sucked. Their running backs and receivers are terrible. Like, Herbert wasn't playing with much. When he won the Rose Bowl, and I get he didn't have to win it with his arm, he won it with his legs. To me, he willed them to a victory against one of the best defenses in the country. I actually think that's his most impressive game of his career. We're all watching, all at home, watching the Rose Bowl, and he just refused to let his team lose against a hard, hard, core physical well coached Wisconsin's just a I don't know top 12 program right now and Herbert just carried his squad to a victory I get it was with his legs but I don't blame him. he had no one to throw to so I, I I'm with you I'm, I'm a I'm a Herbert guy I think in the right situation he goes to the right team uh he's gonna be in position to win I I think the Chargers would be a good spot for him I listen to the pod. Everyday man, huge fan of Colin. Still, but I can't lie. I press play on yours first now. Appreciate that. How do you keep your, your head so clean? Serious question. Well, I I, I guess a lot of guys, I, I haven't had this problem now. I guess I've been shaving my head since about 2011. It's so almost a decade. Uh, the haircut business is not an essential thing in life, so that none of you guys are able to get haircuts. The good thing about being bald is if a virus like Corona comes out of nowhere and wipes all these businesses out and we have to stay quarantined, I'm still able to get a haircut every other day because I take a Mach 3 and I go in the shower and I just let it rip. And I've been doing that now for about, when I first started shaving my head, I just trimmed it to like a one. Now I, I go full bald. Uh, I think it's a it's a sign of security. You know, I mean, at, for, I was very scared to go bald. And then once I went bald, I was scared to actually bick my head. And then once I bick my head, you can't ever go back. Because you realize you can't be in your early to mid-30s and have a cul-de-sac. It can't work. You just you, you look terrible. My dad's generation was in the '60s, '70s, '80s. I guess you could pull it off. 2020 is not allowed. If you go bald, you just got to shave it. You just you just got to let it rip, unless you have a beard and it all connects. Like Mike Garofolo the NFL Network produ- uh, uh, reporter, he pulls it off actually pretty well. He he really does. I can't because I, I can't really grow a full beard, and it's just it's just a terrible look. So I, I basically just go Mach three. Usually if I'm going to shave I try to get a workout first so it's nice and sweaty and it just whew, come flies off flies off the bone kind of like brisket you know when you when you perfectly cook uh, the right type barbecue and the meat just falls off like a good ribs that's how the hair after a good sweat now if you try to shave too often it, it can be it can be intense but I actually think your head just kind of uh gets gets used to it like I I don't get razor burn or anything it's it's pretty easy and I got pretty sensitive skin and I uh yeah, just just shave, and you, the key is a little lotion too. You know, it's a little you can't have, you can't have a dry head. But appreciate everyone listening, and uh, enjoy quarantine as as well as possible. Keep your head up, and uh, I'll see you a little later in the week. See ya.